Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to the In Control episode 25 and today I am joined by Michael Amarai. Back in the building, bruh. And back again, Daniel. Yeah, becoming a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, glasses. Yeah, he's, he's part of us now. He's part of us now. Yeah, so uh, how have you guys been? Alright. Been good, man. Been mm -hmm. good. Just, uh, you know, just... Trying to clear up some of the cachet, yeah, play yeah. some of the games, you know, uh -huh. lots of World of Warcraft, you know, uh -huh. trying to are you, still, are, you still, are you still highly ranked in Dota? Oh, uh, yeah. When they reset? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not just yeah. MMR, just in terms of, you know, just like, legend, you know. No. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You know, I just hit 5,000 comments uh, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. Okay, so. no, he mm -hmm. is actually pretty good in Dota. Like, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to people um, commending him during gameplay, yeah. he's way more impressive. I've played Dota, like, literally... 10 many years more than him. Yeah. He has got 10 times more comments than I have ever gotten. It doesn't mean I'm a bad player. Yeah, serious boy. Yeah, serious boy. We need to show some gameplay. We need to show some fans, so some of your gameplay yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. so it seems he plays really well with people. Like, really, really well. I'm mm -hmm. his uh, mid trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Trains yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he got me in. He got me in. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, uh, Daniel, I heard uh, I heard that you have moved on to the mobile scene. Yes, taboo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, before we even get deep into that, yeah, this is the In Control Gaming Podcast, where we always talk about video games and just a lot of nerdy stuff, and it's usually the same guys, and uh, here we are. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you're watching. And today we're going to be talking about a things a little bit more different. I mean, we usually focus on uh, PlayStation and Xbox and stuff like that. But today we're thinking of uh, focusing more on the on the general side of mobile video games and mm -hmm. uh, also on the esports side and mm -hmm. just how games have just been connected mm -hmm. over time. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's also important for us to cover that because, I mean, it's been super, super influential, even through like the games that We've been playing on our consoles. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, the effects. Like yeah, CD yeah. Right. It all originated from PC and how streaming just broke in. But then now we need to talk about it. Like, we need to see the the, 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 the fields, the yeah. field of battle now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I'll even start, like, if you just look at um, mobile, hmm. like, what we have now with smartphones, like, we still have to get over the idea that, you know, back then you're like, a phone can only play Snake, yeah. Yeah. play Candy Crush. But the power you now have in the processors and the RAM on these on these smartphones, mm -hmm. you're starting to look at visuals of games where you're like, yo, this is amazing. This yeah. is console level. This is yeah. console level yeah. like yeah. gaming on you know on the go. So yeah, so definitely I'm sure Daniel Gaming says more about the space currently. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you playing on mobile right now? Alright, so um I Surprisingly, I was very anti-mobile. Like this time last year, psh, nah, I never like, touched one of these games. No, <laughs> trash. <laughs> but unfortunately, Zeskok and Humble were mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a new laptop. Laptop got fried. I've played almost everything I wanted to play on the PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. So I was jonesing, and you know, I started to look around. Like you know, when you're really desperate, you start to look for that next hit. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I came across the first thing I came across was Fate. A grand order. I'm a huge Fate head. Like mm. I love the entire Fate series to ah. the point where I used to edit wikis for um, oh, yeah? Fate. Hey. Yeah. Like uh, Fate Extra, I was one of the main uh, what do you call this contributors for um, Nero Claudius, oh. the Red Saber, the first Red Saber. Uh, yeah. I saw Fate. Um, which one was that? The anime with the amazing uh, uh, Unlimited Blade Works. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. I can't remember the name, but like the, all I remember is the action in that anime. Yeah, like, but remember mm. we started on the PSP games. Mm. No, I'm talking about the anime. Mm. Uh, no, you're probably thinking of either Unlimited Blade Works, mm. Fate Zero, Fate, Fate Zero, Zero. Yeah, Fate the original Zero. Fate Stay. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't aged too yeah, well, but it's Fate okay. Zero, yo, yeah. I was like, hey, this is lit, bro. Yeah. yeah. Now, so for me, big on that lore, love the whole type moon world and stuff. So I got. So when I saw that there was a mobile game, because they haven't really released a game since some fighting game they released on the PSP way back when and the last Fate Extra that was Japanese exclusive. Yeah. So I was dying for some yeah. new Fate stuff. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. Let me jump into this game. I see it's highly acclaimed, la-di-da, la-di-da. So it's Fate Grand Order. Yeah. So I started playing it. Really good mobile game. I wouldn't call it the best mobile game to jump into when you're mm. new into mobile games. Mm. Is it time-based or it's more just hack and slash kind of? Oh no, it's a full-on RPG turn-based with a card system. Very oh, big card okay. system. Oh, so you yeah. utilize okay. um, every turn, a character has a set number of cards that are drawn for them. And then each card represents an ability. So you've got um, what are known as uh, burst cards, arts cards, and quick cards. Mm -hmm. So quick cards build like these stars known as critical stars, arts cards build your noble phantasm, which is your super move, mm -hmm. and burst cards are like the main damage. Mm -hmm. And then certain characters have got like, uh, they lean towards certain card types, like you find this character has more burst cards than art cards. Uh, more like, ATC, a, like an attacker, exactly. a magic based So you find character. like some characters will always pull like two or three burst cards, mm -hmm. other characters will pull more quick cards, things like that. Yeah, so you get really into it, there's a good support system, and I was really drawn into it. It's not the best looking 2D uh, mobile game out there, but it's good enough, and that's how I got sucked in initially. So after that, I was like, all right, it's time to look at my favorite franchise. You know it, Final Fantasy. <laughs> so I found, uh, I found that Dissidia Opera Omnia was released, and at the time it was about a year in. Mm -hmm. And that one was really good. Mm -hmm. The gacha is very different from... Oh, gacha is basically you getting characters randomly through uh, basically loot boxes. Yeah. Uh oh, yeah. It's, 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 I know the taboo word. It's a mobile game. Can you, can you pay? Can you pay to get all those? Uh, yeah, people? you can. But the main gameplay loop is. Uh, it's really, most of them are really grindy, like traditional RPGs, which is pretty good. Mm. So for me, Dissidia Opera Omnia is my favorite because, first off, you don't do gacha for the characters. Mm. All the characters are either released okay. or you just, you play what are known as lost chapters and you mm. get the character. The only gacha are the weapons. And you can, uh, you just roll on the weapons or whatever, but the game is super generous on the paid currency. Mm. Like, they give it to you for finishing the story, mm. they give it when you're new, they just bombard oh, you so with it's not, stuff. It's, it's not like the, the grind is terrible. No, Grand not bad. at all. Yeah. I, I literally have, like, a top-tier team. I have never spent a dime on this game. I even stopped for three months, came back, I was still pretty okay. So among the gacha games, Dissidia Opera Omnia is my favorite. So. I got sucked into that and started to look at more of these mobile games and began to dawn. At this point, you're you're in deep now. Now I'm, I'm gone. I'm <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. So now I started to look at everything and I discovered that we actually now have full-fledged MMOs. Did you know this? That's what I was actually going to touch on. I was yeah. like, um, the genre of games now, like what have you found? Because I always, my, my experience with mobile gaming is you have the classic RPGs that you could have where it's like, okay, this was made as a console game and yeah, that is important. So you know the quality of the story and everything yeah. is there. But then those traditional, just like um, native mobile games, where they don't really focus too much on the 
story and stuff. That was in the past. So the game now, what is that like now? Yeah, so mobile games have, um, have introduced a whole bunch of new systems. Mm. Funny enough, they have some of the best quality of life features you can find in gaming, mm. especially for grinding and the like. So, for example, um, MMOs have been picking up on uh, daily grind and what are known as auto grinds and mm. stuff like that. I'm sure in World of Warcraft you've got these uh, like pets can do things yeah, for you on your behalf and stuff like that. Heavily influenced by mobile games. Really? Yeah. They have a bunch of systems where they're called auto runs. Okay. Let's say you want a certain material. This is a this is standard RPG stuff. It's not even mobile game stuff. But you want to keep doing the stage over and over again. Many mobile RPGs have an auto feature where you just tap it, mm. maybe some have a resource that's tied to it, yeah. and it goes through the stage and the characters either do what you might have done when you played it before, oh, okay. or they see. use an AI system, and I found that one really, really good. Then, um, on the MMO side, they're usually called auto-MMOs because sometimes they play themselves, which is a bad thing, but that's because, you know, touch screens and like high-speed twitch moment exactly. game, with moment, moment game to play. And what? It, it, it acts a bit laggy. So mm -hmm. I find that sometimes it works, but I also find that it gets a bit boring. So mm -hmm. that's why I think some of the big MMOs haven't really blown up. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly though, China has a huge market for this. Like they make billions upon billions from their mobile MMOs. Mm -hmm. okay. And they're like fully fledged open world level things. Mm -hmm. We actually got Black Desert mobile recently. Oh yes, yes. That's Played right. it. Plays amazingly. Mm -hmm. It also has some, it's less auto-y than mm -hmm. the other ones. Mm -hmm. You have to play it manually, but it takes a bit of getting used to because it's touch-based. And Black Desert is a very action RPG. Yeah, yeah, but when you see how like they um, they optimize things from the PC game mm -hmm. to try and bring it down to the mobile game, it's actually it's honestly impressive. Good. Yeah, especially like I was thinking on that note. What about things like cloud gaming? Like yeah. how how are they going to incorporate that? Like you know, you have a phone, you have a mobile device. And they're like, we want you to be in these huge MMO worlds. Yeah. And then what if you're running off like this, the new, like, uh, not, I, I wouldn't talk about uh, Stadia. Yeah. But you've seen like Nvidia and xCloud yeah. and so on. So wouldn't that be really cool to tie into like mobile, like really make think, MMOs mobile? Yeah, I think mobile gaming is where they would, uh, streaming can make the biggest, if, like the biggest hit. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Fortnite. It's translated amazingly well yeah. to yeah. mobile. Fortnite is on mobile, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, full crossplay. Yeah, Call of Duty. Full crossplay. Full crossplay. Yeah. 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 Cross yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want, you can play against the PC, PC players. They will destroy you, but you yeah. can. Yeah. And um, that's all testament to their engine. But... Like Michael has said, with streaming, they could act, the mobile people are very prone. They, they will try new things. They're always looking for the next new thing, the next big hit. And every time a mobile game comes out that's new, it's always a big deal because people really want to see what the new gimmick is, what the yeah. new drive is. So streaming in itself, if they want to nail it big, I say they should target mobile. Because PC and console players, we're not about that life. Yeah. Mobile gaming, you know, you accept the cuts when you're playing an always online thing because that's been there forever. Yeah, it's been yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And if you can get full-fledged, hyper-massive worlds with amazing mm -hmm. graphics mm -hmm. on this small device, yeah. it will blow up easily. Yeah. And with 5G coming along, as long as it's not... 5G like, is the end of the world, man. Yeah. <laughs> been, if, it, if 5G goes well and streaming goes well, best believe mobile is the first place to blow up. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on is that as much as we like to ignore mobile gaming, it is the highest grossing side of gaming, period. Yeah. It dwarfs PC and consoles almost three times over, you guys. <laughs> yeah, with um, Fate Grand Order last year, I think in total has made close to 3 point something billion since being released in 2017, guys. That's Holy hell, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They made 150 million, 160 million in December. 
PUBG Mobile made 150 million just for the man, month of January alone. And then what will this do now, like to some of these AAA? That's why we get these, uh, you know, the AAA industry, they're doing it the wrong way. You know, these mobile games, they're getting better mm -hmm. with their free-to-play side of things. Mm -hmm. they, the way it is now is that it's only the top players that spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. New players in new mobile games, they just want to you get a good experience. And they want you to become a pair, right? Yeah. Like, you know, they want a pair, a player to turn into a pair. That's the saying. That they want to keep the whales close. Exactly. But because of that, the games are actually becoming better. So you find, like, you can enjoy the game yeah. up until, like, you're about to reach the upper echelons of, like, top tier pvp type stuff that's when i start to feel the paywalls mm, and stuff yeah. like that uh, unfortunately console games we are still back in 19 in 2015 2013 where you know bombard you with cards you can't upgrade your character from level one to level two look at nba 2k19 and, uh, and freaking wwe yeah. those are like no mobile game does that now. Like only the worst of the worst mobile Even FIFA, games do don't that. forget FIFA. Even FIFA itself is guilty of this. But you'd find in the mobile versions, they'll bombard you with more free currency than the pay than the one you oh, pay yeah, for in a console yeah, game. So it's a weird dichotomy. It's like they see the money they're making, but they don't take many of the lessons learned. Like the streamlined gameplay, the way you want to draw players in yeah. by constantly giving them a way to earn paid currency and stuff like that. Instead, you just hit them with paywall, paywall, paywall. I know the mobile sector may be making more money, but are people spending more time on... Uh, I and mean, how long in general would you spend on a mobile game compared to, say, like your PlayStation 4? You'd be surprised that the average person doesn't really think about time in the way we do, like when we're dividing time for gameplay and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you always have your mobile phone yeah. everywhere you go. Bathroom break, mobile phone. You're sitting bored at work, mobile phone. Mm -hmm. Now those hours add up. So you find that mobile players actually do spend like close to five to eight hours on average on their phones. And those who play games can even spend anywhere from eight, four to 12 hours just playing games all the time before you sleep what are you going to look at your, your, your phone, phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're sneaking a 45 minutes to an hour exactly yeah. so you find that the mobile players are actually sinking in a lot of time and you know as much as we hate to admit it these mobile games actually might be getting us more console players because some of these games uh have versions on the mobile phone mm -hmm. but then you know they they hear about it like call of duty they hear oh no there's a call of duty mm -hmm. version mm -hmm. and then they go and they want to experience the yeah. console one you find that this person who's willing to spend four five hundred dollars on this trash mobile game he'll be like oh wait i can get a full-fledged console game and he goes and gets himself yeah. a console so we get that and as much as everyone just keeps saying like no gaming is still on the uprise we kind of are ignoring the fact that mobile game is getting mobile games are getting like a whole bunch of people to actually become more gamer centric than yeah. you know before. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. to add to that in terms of the number of hours played, what I've noticed, especially one of the initial reasons why a lot of these console investors and so on were worried that mm -hmm. mobile gaming will be the new thing is because you find a lot of these Asian countries, Japan, China, and so on. Yes. A yeah. lot of people take like an hour commute on the train to yeah. get to and from work. Yeah. They're not driving. So what do you do? You sit and you're on your phone. Okay. So it's either social media or a lot of these handouts, which is why you also find like, for example, the 3DS and Switch have done so well in Japan. It's because you've got that time to sit down and whip it out. Yeah. And like Daniel saying, no. everybody <laughs> has a phone. Yeah. yeah. So... It's the easiest way in the, to in the famous words of Blizzard. Don't you have a phone? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, for me, I'll 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 ask this question. Like, there's some there's the positives, there's there's the numbers and so on. But 
there's also don't you think there's also the dangers of mobile gaming because it's so accessible mm-hmm. there's that negative connotation that it also has where people are putting addiction loops like certain games won't i mean this is a, like some of the older ones but yeah. like candy crush where yeah. you can't play for a certain amount of time yeah, yeah. They, they, they make you have that um, addiction to a game like oh no that's definitely you're absolutely right so unfortunately mobile game is still the worst mobile gaming is still like the worst market when it comes to trying to milk nickel and dime consumers mm. like mm. easily mm. you know for every good mobile game out there there's like 20 really horrible ones and they have become this games as a service thing is heavily inspired by mobile games because many mobile games require they, they encourage you to log in daily if you yeah. miss a day uh, you've got seven day rewards on almost all of the ones that i've played they all have seven day rewards you miss a day you are reset to start again oh wow yeah exactly that's and madness exactly so every day you find someone who have to just even they just have to log in even if they won't do anything they'll have to log in mm-hmm. and then you've got resource caps like in mmos but they're insanely stricter mm-hmm. and then they have these events that last for like five days a piece because they want you to spend money they'll be like oh no this top tier unit is here but it's only here for five days and after he's gone it's only coming back in the rerun next year so if you miss out you're missing out on the top meta gameplay and you will be stuck you know playing the garbage old content yeah. and not enjoying yourself and the majority of mobile games they get you on that yeah um, yeah so there's the the daily loop is one of the dangerous parts of mobile gaming that i think could be made better and the fact that it's so unregulated is just it's sad like yeah. Only Dissidia Opera Omnia actually gives a warning amongst all of the ones I've played mm-hmm. where it tells you that no, this game contains uh, paid content, it's free, but it contains paid content, so please get parental consent before you begin. Every other one I've played, zero. It's just game starts straight into the game. Come on, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump in. Next thing, you're being bombarded with, oh no, this sale is on, that sale yeah. is on. You want some crack? Here you go. Exactly. And it's, I think it's, it's funny because um, that's kind of where MMO games uh, were at mm-hmm. um, on like the PC space and so on, but it's gone through this weird like exodus. Fil- yeah, like so people, people have gone, they're like, look, this rush for the end game thing has killed MMOs, yeah. and a lot of uh, developers now have started like realizing that to say, okay, no, you know what? Let's try change this because we're losing all of our player base. Yeah. So let's let, let's get these guys back to some extent, give them a proper experience, and we can still minimize how we try to monetize our platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's happening with the top tier mobile games. You find that mm-hmm. some of them are realizing that you know you can't just keep burning people out yeah. and like there's not an infinite supply of players mm-hmm. so you find the top top games are beginning to find a decent balance between paid content and like free content and stuff like that there's still some top games that are straight garbage mm-hmm. don't even get it twisted because unfortunately mobile phones have an install base of over one point something billion so the that's a market. There will always be a whale out there for you yeah. to milk. Yeah. yeah, but the really big games, they're getting better at this because they are looking at it as rather a new mobile game is very difficult to make a hit. Mm. You know, it's like when... And there are a lot of them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a diamond doesn't pop out a year later, they die. Yeah. So you find that these guys who have their big hits are now kind of getting to the point where they're now trying to make it a sustainable, sustainable thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, rather than burning people out. Mm. Unfortunately, still a diamond doesn't rip offs and mm. they will probably remain there for the longest time, but they're getting better. And sadly, 
thankfully maybe games as a service has gone through this horrible period in console gaming yeah. maybe the console players will learn, i mean the console devs will learn mm -hmm. that they don't have the luxury of a super massive install base to be doing such things so and trying to burn yeah, out exactly. players. Yeah. Yeah. Well, World of Warcraft is an example. Yeah, exactly. They, literally, they were hemorrhaging players. Yeah. Well, like now we, we've been around for like 20 plus years mm -hmm. and then there's that confidence. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're here. But then now it's like, okay, wait. Yeah. Like people are leaving yeah. our game. In mass. So they just reset it. They just released World Classic. Do they, do they bother too much as well? Because in the end, when they make so many sales from the initial game and then they add uh, an online aspect, I'm talking, let's say, in console variations, mm -hmm. even though they've adapted the whole games as a service thing and they're going to try and milk as much as you can, mm -hmm. are they, do they really care that much because they've already sold enough units of the game itself? Uh, you know, I actually think on that point, uh, it's a really good question because I think... Um, it depends when you when you want your game to go like you look at GTA uh, Five. You had your units that were sold as a single, you know, single player game and so on. But when you when you have those elements, so you want it to be like open world. I mean, MMO type multiplayer. Then you're also going to be spending money on servers or teams to maintain that thing. So to some extent, it do, you do need that new money. Yeah. Because those are monthly bills. Yeah, that you're going to be paying. True. So even if you you sold um, initially, that was maybe towards lots of units. Yeah. Your units were sold to pay for the development development of the game. Now you need money to pay for running, running this online yeah. game, creating new content, managing it, the servers and so on. So I think like the approach, like I said, I've really been looking into MMOs so much uh, these days. And I think especially like it's also ties into the mobile side of things is if you can monetize properly and have, I think the cloud aspect where you now increase, you already have like a foothold of a exactly. billion plus people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're cloud gaming, like you're saying, that's even more people that, it doesn't matter what phone you have per se, you yeah. can now play this game. So you can really crank up the quality and then just be smart about how you, you know, you monetize and so on. Mm. And also because you don't have to build for um, specific hardware requirements, yeah. your game worlds can just go crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, anime, isekai mm. level type of yeah. things. And that's the potential I see for streaming. I think Stadia, if they had had an MMO that does something that yes. no other MMO yeah, does, yeah. Stadia needed they could an have MMO. had a hook. Yeah. They could have hooked us in. Yeah. Like if they said, this world you can destroy everything. So because this, Exactly, and you can do whatever. People would have been more invested because there's no way you can experience that on any platform. Exactly. But not sell me the game I owned from 2014. Again, now I need the internet. And it's even funny that you brought up Stadia because the fact that they are just Google based and you, it, you when you think Google, you're just gonna think internet. Yeah. You'd have, you, you'd have thought that they would have uh, come up with some sort of an MMO that is not necessarily expensive, mm -hmm. but just keeps you going, keeps yeah. you going, and keeps you hooked. But it seems like they're still diverging into this um, the first part streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we already know how that fight has gone on with yeah. Nintendo, PlayStation, no and Xbox. One, no, none it's, of the base console players care. There are already streaming. bodies on the yeah. ground. Yeah, you know? plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, I was also thinking about like the esports, for example. Like, how do you think, you know? Like the, the the trend of mobile, like I think ah, yes. we we don't really see mobile esports per se. And what, what do you think about that? So it's very funny in Africa we don't see mobile esports as a big thing, but it's actually blowing up uh, in other parts of the world. Mm. Call of Duty Mobile has esports. Um, mm. While I say Africa, I can't really speak for all of our African countries because it seems Nigeria is uh, getting into it or West Africa in general. 
they're becoming really big into the esports scenes and one of the fastest ways they're jumping in is not through like expensive hardware because hardware is expensive for us here mm-hmm. uh, but they're getting through phones and stuff and there's like a couple of teams I've been following them on Twitter mm-hmm. um, we'll try and post the links I'll send them to the guys and we'll show them up mm-hmm. and you can see how these guys are, bu- are slowly but surely building a community building an active esports scene mm-hmm. but it's based around mobile and not mm-hmm. like the console traditional yeah. FPS type of things so it seems that there is actually a big esports uh, market for mobile games because we have mobile mobas mm-hmm. we have mobile shooters which are pretty decent i guess yeah. and you know like there are these we even have some mobile fighting games few and far between mm-hmm. but then there's also the card battlers so like for example Dota Auto Chess has really popped off in China and it's becoming a big deal and it's now making a lot of money the price pools are growing constantly So mobile esports are growing. They may not be as crazy large as the current PC esports, but I have noticed that for many emerging markets, it's a very quick way to enter the esports market because, you know, phones are easily accessible and it's yeah. something that we should actually look into even locally here. You know, we could build a community around it. Someone I recall a few years back went to Korea because of one of these driving games. Really? They were invited. I can't remember yeah. who specifically. Oh, but Korea is pretty much the birthplace, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was yeah. someone who was picked from one of our. I don't know if it's in Central or Southern Africa. They were picked for a mobile game, for a driving mobile game, and they were sent all the way across oh, really? abroad. Was mobile game. Before or after the virus? No. Yeah, way before. Hopefully that nonsense will be sorted. But yeah, so mobile game esports, very booming scene, coming up really fast and. It would be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on as we go forward. Yeah. Does uh, I mean I'm I'm thinking about this now, but when it comes to mobile uh, esports games, uh, do you the phone that you're using, the speeds, the internet speed? I know the I know it's a, it's the same as a PC, but I mean with PC, once you're all in the same frame, it it, it seems pretty much on a level playing field. Yeah. But then with phones, it seems like Different from a yeah yeah from things. a technological perspective, it's see a bit backwards. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you have to give credit where credit is due. Their yeah. optimizations are quite impressive. Oh yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I play with people from the United States in co-op games. It doesn't feel like it. it. Doesn't feel like like, it, like because they have so many limitations. As much as phones are powerful these days, they still have battery limitations, heating limitations, and the like, and all yeah. those things. Need and, to phone be and phone calls. And phone calls. And yeah. the like. So yeah, all those yeah. things need to be considered when you're building <laughs> these games. Yeah. And the fact that these games are running that well with yeah. these internet connection is a testament to how. accessible they've made themselves and how you know like optimized and really good they've become because if they didn't run that well they wouldn't be as popular as they are mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah true exactly. true true yeah. true true i mean uh, even talk about that i mean look we've gone through a lot of games mm-hmm. and um, the most popular obviously are the world of warcrafts and you've got the dotas and um, we're even talking about suddenly uh, some of these games even going into the olympics mm-hmm. but Now let's even move into the fighting games. Why are fighting games on the esports scene not necessarily big? I, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, yeah. To put it, yeah, to put it in. I mean, people have compared them to like the UFC of sports. It's yeah. like people love them, but not as much as NBA. And I mean, look, uh, the list of the most popular fighting games that I have here is a Street Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. 
Taken, King of Fighters, uh, Metal Gear Solid, yeah, yeah, MK11, Guilty Gear, Dead or Alive 6, Soul Calibur, and Samurai. Smash Brothers. Yes. Oh, yeah, and Smash Samurai Showdown. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, for me, I look at it, I used to be like really, really into the scene. Mm-hmm. Like esports, fighting games. Like back then, I was like really into Marvel vs. Capcom Ultimate. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember in the period like 2011 to like 2014, 15. The, the scene was very active mm-hmm. because that game was huge. Street Fighter has always been there because they get support from Capcom. Yeah. Uh, but like Marvel vs. Capcom is one of those things when you look at fighting game communities, they normally start from like a central place people come to play neighborhood, neighborhood, then it grows. And I saw what happened to Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was like it became really, really big. Like you, we all know we have Evo, which is the annual, the biggest annual um, fighting game yeah, in the US. Yeah. A lot of games have come out of uh, fighting yes, games. Yes, have, come out, have of come out. That's the problem. I think the problem with uh, fighting games is already there's a bit of a disconnect between casual play and trying pro to be play. pro at the game. Where some of the games, you know, like StarCraft, for example, which is a huge uh, esports game, mm-hmm. and Dota. Those have uh, learning curves. Steep, steep, steep learning yeah. curves. Like fighting games are way easier to get into than in Dota, but then they are more popular, which yeah. is very baffling. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's one, it's about the organization around it. Yeah. You look at a game like Dota, for example, and you look at how many tournaments there are, how much sponsorship there is. There's that's more true. of a very drive to go into the space that's already yeah. set. Whereas a lot of fighting games, it tends to be a game will be hot, like I mentioned, Marvel vs. Capcom. But it's the community. Yeah, it will be hot, the community will keep it, and then, like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Ultimate, they stopped supporting the game, there was no updates. The developers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then people will be like, ah, get on to the next exactly. one. Yeah. So the thing is, I think, apart from Street Fighter, which I think is the one they're trying to do correctly, mm-hmm. a lot of these games are like, come in this year, come out that year, come in this year. Because the developers don't have the capacity. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not making it, like trying to aim for that esports market. Um, I would like to add on, so what I think also hampers fighting games from blowing up into the esports scene, because you would think fighting games, very easy to understand. A person walking by could watch the screen, instantly pick, I'm supporting that guy, mm-hmm. and you know, get invested just like that. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be easy and very popular, right? Mm-hmm. But somehow it isn't, and these very basically niche games are super big. Yeah. It's, it's super baffling, but what I think is, is accessibility. Mm-hmm. All fighting games have to be bought. Mm-hmm. And yeah. fighting games don't have real life um, franchises tied to them like sports games do. Mm-hmm. Sports games, people watch sports games for free. They're already invested in their soccer teams. So casual mm-hmm. players can get into it. So you mm-hmm. get these sports game tournaments that have decent prize pools and the like. But fighting games, once this fighting game is done this year, Feels bin, like a niche. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's in the bin. And the next fighting game, we have to start from scratch. Yeah. You know, new characters, new people, people. new favorites, new styles. You need, you need to build up the love the and love care for it. Uh, yeah. um, and that's why I'll say Taken performs very well uh, compared to other ones. Taken because it has been around for... And the characters are basically now. the same. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so you find that people... And the gameplay is generally the same since Taken 3. Mm-hmm. So you find people generally... Um, they don't really... Go off Taken. You find the people that played Taken in 2000 are still the same people that played Taken yeah. today. But the problem is accessibility. Many of these big games that are like um, that are super popular now are free. Mm-hmm. You know, when when have you played a free fighting game? No, oh, yeah, you gotta pay. I mean, you, we don't have big franchises outside of the game to support the game. Yeah, like 
uh, FIFA and things like that. Yeah. It's just a standalone game. Yeah. What the niche games have done is they've made themselves free. All the characters are free or they're on a roulette. Anyone can try it at any time, mm -hmm. which means you get more casual players, which means you get a bigger player base, bigger player base translates into more views, and you create that ecosystem. Fighting games haven't done same. that. We haven't evolved. Then yeah. we're literally still in the same state we were in 2011. Yeah. I think also yeah. another thing uh, is quite interesting in terms of esports fighting games is again this is not to, to shoot down but i think the level of complexity with fighting games is mostly Almost out, it's not as much it's a bit of an invisible complexity mm. like you if you watch a fighting game right now like like a top tier street fighter match the things that are happening there there's complexity but it's very naked to the eye like it's very nuanced yes yeah, very nuanced like yeah. you know your your hitbox uh, you want to have um, uh, you want to get someone out of a stun or you want to go high low or you, all these different things your command grabs and those are things where it's like okay you could get those things but then when you look at a game like um, Rainbow Six yeah. or a game like League of Legends or whatever yeah. there are so many things that there's, are happening there's a there lot going on. that people mm. can now get invested like yo you know what I really want to understand this thing or mm. going so in terms of watching like just watching it if you are not already into the fighting game, per se, it's not as entertaining as they're saying. If someone was to say, okay, look, here's a, a Rainbow Six uh, uh, 3v3. I agree completely. Uh, one of the problems many fighting games have is um, unrelenting pressure to the point where it, the match becomes very slow. Mm -hmm. So, for example, games like Dota, Counter-Strike, you get these impressive plays where, you know, this dude is bobbing and weaving yeah, and yeah. it's instant high. Those moments of The moment-to-moment -moment yeah, gameplay yeah, is yeah. very heated. Yeah. Dota, you have Dota and League of Legends, you have moments of slow pacing, but when a fight breaks off, yeah. even if the, the, the individual watching can't really grasp what's happening, they understand excitement and they can try and follow one individual mm -hmm. and keep it up. Yeah. Fighting games, outside of like the best players, it tends to feel very rhythmatic and very, slow exactly. and like people tend to play it very safe in fighting yeah, games. Yeah. You don't have the more visceral moment to moment stuff. And mm -hmm. when you do get the pressure, a syndrome that many fighting games have right now is that the pressure keeps going. Fighter Z has this problem. Mm -hmm. Taken has this problem. You hit someone with a counter hit and now you've got 16 hits carrying someone all the way to the wall. Yeah, yeah. And that's not yeah. what people want yeah. to see. They want someone to have a chance to make a comeback. Yeah, because comebacks comeback. make it interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I also just, sorry, just on this point, because yeah. it's really... No, I'm enjoying this yeah. more than it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on this point, I also bring out uh, Daniel because this actually works with you in the sense of when you look at like um, the, 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 the scale of creativity in these games, mm -hmm. with a fighting game, they will be like... Um, People will be creating in the early stages and so on yes. to figure out the meta. The meta. Yeah. And then it's stagnant. And then it's if you watch like this character fight this character, you buy the same fight. You know the fight. You yeah. know the combos, you know what they're looking for. But like I'll bring in Daniel, for example, something like Dota, for example. Mm -hmm. Dota, the pros could be doing something. You alone, like you, you uh, without going, I mean, I know people know the game that much, but there's a character that you said, hey, this character would work well with this item. And no one was doing that. Yeah. No one was, was putting that item on the character. And then, oh, six, months, wins, later, six months later, everyone's doing it. Mm. So it's always, some of these games are things that are always evolving. So it makes it exciting to, to keep checking what's happening. Exactly. And then your, your favorite player might go against the norm in a match. Mm. You're like, oh, okay. why is he doing that? Yeah. yeah. And then it works. Someone's like, oh, snap, you can, you can do that. Like, I remember Enchantress with the first stuff, the exactly. first time, they're like, this 
is not something you do. You don't do that. It's and now not it's normally done and it's now work. it's official. This is how you do it. And unfortunately, or should I say fortunately, sports games have that moment to moment down to a T. Mm. No two matches are ever the same because yeah. of just how you know, real life sports translate really well exactly. into video game sports. Yeah. So it's always very different. And yeah. I think that might be one of the things. I that guess that's why Pro Evo has gone through the esports uh, yeah. direction. Because yeah. I think they've also noticed that uh, FIFA has got the presentation and the unit sales down. Exactly. And they've got Ultimate Team, which sells a shit ton. Yeah. But we're also at a point where, like, can you make a game that will allow people to do whatever they want and win mm -hmm. spectacular? Yeah. yeah. But then, like, all right, so instead of pointing out the downsides, like, what do we think fighting games can do? Like, for you, I'm, I'm not sure if you play. Oh, no, I, no, I don't play many fighting games. Exactly. But... So, what do you think you could be, uh, like, in your opinion, what do you think could be done to improve? viewership and like just because it's it's very easy for someone to watch a fighting game That's but right. how do you keep them invested i think i think fighting games have also reached the point where like uh, they have to figure out an element that completely changes it innovate yeah yeah it has to completely change i i know the side by side fighting is very technical mm -hmm. and when you meet another profession in uh, well when you meet another professional mm -hmm. uh, in that game it brings up a level of excitement yeah. yeah but at the same time you also need the game itself to change and that's not enough mm. meeting another meeting another pro mm. i think is enough to increase, increase the viewership yeah. there has to be something that has a, a complete dynamic change and i don't know if fighting games are in the point in game development world mm. where that can happen, that can happen. I'm, I'm not sure i could be wrong i could be wrong i, Michael? I think the, the going on what you said as well in terms of if you want a game to work this way as a fighting game, it needs to be built from the ground up as an esports game. Yeah. I think that, they need to stop making the yeah. game as a fighting game. Player. If you make the game say, okay, look, this game is gonna be like free or whatever, but it's gonna have systems to it. So there'll be different uh, gear sets or whatever you could equip on a character sure. that could affect and then you even get to the point where maybe you have a fighting game that is like two v two. Yeah, the second yeah, player could be yeah, doing yeah. something to the first oh, player yeah, right, playing. Yeah, right, so now yeah. you're incorporating that team aspect that, yo, when yeah. this guy plays this guy's support, he does this or does this. Stuff, yeah. something like that. Different elements. It could be yeah. even be backup or call someone exactly. else. And so it, it go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Even, yeah. Uh, even uh, just evolving the way stages work, because mm -hmm. stages have been the same since the beginning of fighting yeah, games yeah, yeah. like we've barely had any difference in how like stage interaction works yeah. with the game and all these sporting sports games mobile games shooters are, uh, live and die by their maps exactly. yeah on true. top of the skill true. of the player true. the map will kill you but stages in fighting games it's flat plane Side by go. side. Oh, you might yeah. 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 change. Yeah. So they, I think they need to add more dynamics to make the games less um, one-tone, one-sided. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it just makes it boring in the long run, like yeah. he said. Like, you can't wait for a patch every time. And also, he's absolutely right. When a strong character is strong in a fighting game and they have a strong combo, it's very different from other games where the skill of the player can come in and they can just bring a new character with a new gimmick mm -hmm. who does a thing, or maybe he jumps off yeah. the wall in a certain way yeah. and he wins, doesn't usually happen in fighting games. Exactly. So yeah. Maybe well, in the next generation, right? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Right, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that more than I thought. Educative, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned a lot about fighting games today. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so as usual, uh, thanks for joining me, Daniel. Pleasure. And uh, Michael was here with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. You should follow us on Twitter and uh, tune in for the next episode. Hope you enjoyed it. See ya.